You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot someone. I can't It was actually, so my parents got some tickets too, just because of, uh, they were kind of in the same boat. They said, we'll get some for this charity event that Pints of Provisions donated to this year. So like, if we win something small, we can donate. And if it's big, it can go to you. So I might do the return favor and go get it and have them uh, use it for uh, the charity thing. But if it's not that popular, like, you know, like Weller Green Label's a big deal, but that still flies off the shelf. Like if Maker's Mark 107 just kind of sits there, but it's still a little limited, then I just don't know if that's that exciting. I'll think about it. I got five right, days to think about it or six or whatever. And then we'll all win next week. Oh, yeah. We'll all win next week. Um, why don't we get started, yeah. gentlemen? This is... Pints and Provisions Zoom Edition. Uh, there you go. It's Best Beers of the Year Edition. It is We All Lost Miserably at the Bourbon Raffle Here in Town Edition. Sorry, that wasn't supposed to be a downer. That's just the reality. Um, although Brian did win a Parker's Heritage of some sort. Hancock's, Hancock's Reserve. I'm sorry, Hancock Reserve. So at least somebody was a winner. Um, hopefully we'll get some more chances next week when they do the more pappies. I think they said it, they were going to have a few other antiques, right? Yeah. All the antiques are on next week. So most of them were not on tonight's. It, they had all like only two or three. They a ton of stag. Three handies, like six, seven stags with two or three. W- well, they had like, 20 handies, didn't they? 20 yeah, stags. I think, I think they'll have more I think they'll have the same amount of all the BTAC plus more next week. Well, okay. Next week's going to be the big time. Because it was only yeah three or four handies, and they usually get 10. And stag, they usually get 20. Today was, yeah, probably six. William Weller, they usually get nine, I think. They get three cases, and there was yeah. one today. Um, Eagle Rare, 17. There was only one today, so they've got to have at least two more somewhere. A Sazerac, maybe one. Two Saz-18s today, so maybe there's one or two next week, or maybe there's four next week. All right. Well, um, I'll be big. it's a cause for hope. It's hope. Uh, Evan here. But they said oh, we can ticket sales were still open, so maybe not. Or Yeah, or they may sit there. Uh, Evan here. We've got Brad, Kyle, uh, Ryan. So we are going to – I think we all were showing uh, what we were drinking, uh, and I think most of us had popped some sort of a Bourbon County – 
So why don't we kind of dip in just a little bit on this year's Bourbon County. It was obviously mostly virtual for, um, for us other than like with variants and small limited ones, but you guys go to places, you hit up places, you get anything good around town. So I won oh. the, uh, the big pack from Benny's. So that uh, saved me from having to go Black Friday shopping. What was the big pack? It's, you got the anniversary uh, and got, birthday, Kyle? It's got the anniversary, the birthday, oh, the number four, the Kentucky Fog. Uh, it, it's one of each and then two of the regular. Oh, nice. So um, got that. My, my brother got that. Whoa. Yeah, so we got two of them. I got two of them, too. Of each of the birthday and the anniversary? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Did you get oh, that? I didn't know that. He's keeping it a secret. Jeez. <laughs> you guys are hunters. Didn't even talk about it. And what's, what's the word on those right now? Like good, okay, awesome. They're, they're awesome. selling like cakes on secondary. I haven't, I haven't had one yet. But um, Anniversary is a 4.69 on untapped and birthday is a 4.61. Okay. If it's anything like the uh, the Knob Creek one, I'm in. Knob yeah, Creek uh, I had last alcohol. year's, to kind of keep with the theme for this week, I had last year's reserve two-year, and gosh, that thing was good. I had the Elijah Craig two weekends ago, and then I still have the Knob Creek in the fridge. Probably about to pop that one. I remember a year ago popping that Rittenhouse rye. I never had that one. Oh, that was tasty. That was tasty. Um, so I'm drinking the, the, um, very, uh, divisive Kentucky fog variant. Um, it's got Earl gray tea, black tea and honey. Um, you can definitely get a lot of honey, uh, on the taste. You can get a lot of tea on the nose. I like it. I mean, I like tea. I like the taste of tea. I like the smell of tea. I enjoy this. Would I stash away a bunch of these? Probably not. Um, and this is develops in the bottle up to two years. So I think he's, it only says two years for that on this one. It does. Interesting. Yeah. I thought they all said five. Maybe no, the, the wheat, I think the wheat wine was no, the number well, four, they took that number. Two years. They took that one down, didn't they? Wheat wines five. This one, number four is just two as well. I wonder if the variants are, more of a two-year prime just because of adjuncts and other things. But Bourbon County Coffee is the only one that never fades. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. It, it's never. There's, there's, one, there's a uh, 16 on Facebook Marketplace for 25 bucks if anyone's interested. Oh, nice. Um, what else did you guys have uh, recently in terms of Bourbon County that was good? Got them all except for uh, these single barrel ones that they're they're doing. Uh, I'm hoping to have those this weekend, and uh, I haven't had the anniversary or birthday. Birthday, so basically all the adjuncts I've had, um, but uh, and the regular, the regular, regular. Regular's Pops good. Great. Regular's great. Props great. I really love the number four. I think the coffee maple is really nice. It's it's, uh, it's fun that that's that one's widely available. You know, fairly easy to find. I've seen some at Hy-Vee, you know, the last couple times I'm gone, even after the release. So it's good that they did that one kind of mass produced. And, and I, I just think it turned out wonderful. 
it's no morning delight, so to speak, but, um, you know, for what it is, I just think the flavors are on point. Do you get a lot of maple out of it? More on the nose. Yeah, I'd say it's probably more coffee on the, the taste and maybe a little more maple on the nose, but pretty well balanced. I would guess as the coffee fades, the maple will come forward a little bit more and, um, you know, depending on how you like it. Um, I think the balance is really, really, really perfect right now. And that was a fun little um, Easter egg trick that they did with the single barrel sort of expressions of the regular uh, where they snuck a few of those, but it sounded like most of those just hit the Chicago markets for it sounds like for what it sounded. Yeah. So they're always trying to do little tricks like that to get us excited and hunting around for things because anymore, I mean, you can still find regulars on the shelf from the last, you know, oh, yeah. year, they always bring out more the next year of the previous year's regulars. And even a few of the, Variants from last year, they popped up on shelves uh, around town. So I was at Hyvee yesterday and they had Hyvee and Grand Prairie and they had the Kentucky Fog, they had the number four, they had the wheat wine, you know, probably four deep sitting in the fridge. Gosh. But they were 22 a piece. They were pretty healthy on price. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, they still don't mess around with the price on these. No, no, not at all. <laughs> It's just crazy. What the, um, the full set at Vinny's was what two hundred after tax, two ten or something like that, right? No, it was uh, like one seventy five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm quite enjoying this. I would never imagine like a little tea in a in a barrel aged stout would be good, but I'm I I will go on record with uh, you know Charlie because I know he liked it. Um, his records beer. Uh, post he he did like it so I'll go on record and say that I also like it. It's not too late to change the adjuncts of our stout. That's true. Although Tristan has the coffee ready, so we're gonna go coffee. Uh, I've got. Well, the... I mean, if we just have to drink a bunch of CXT cold brew, I guess. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I I wouldn't be mad about that either. Um, yeah, and we'll get the vanilla beans in. We'll get the cocoa nibs in, and we'll have a have a stout ready in a few more weeks after that um because how many vanilla beans are you going with i was thinking about 10 and you got the madagascar i i have to double check although i believe they're tahitian but they are like the highest grade of vanilla beans from tahiti that you can get so uh it's promising but i think we ought to go heavy on those rather than light I would hate to go through all that. And then next thing you know, you can't really have a lot of maple, uh, vanilla flavor on it. Can you have too much vanilla in a stout? I, I, no. number. Do you have an 18 vanilla BCS? That was, yeah, that was, see, that's, I was just going to say that. I had one last week. It's, it's mostly gone and it's very sugary. So, um, probably not going to be a good comparison from when it was fresh. It was pretty vanilla -y. Evan, you're thinking about that beer from American Solera that we had at Mark's, aren't you? Dollar for dollar? Dollar for dollar. That was... About the most vanilla that I think I've had. And it was probably the thickest out I have ever had. Ever. Yeah. I mean, it was already a reduction, essentially. It was... <laughs> 
Yeah, you could you could have poured it on pancakes and it wouldn't have like. I saved the bottle for that because it was a pretty neat model. So, um, I think we ought to skip beers of the week unless you guys have any standouts because I'd like to get into our beers of the year because I think we'll have a lot of discussion on that. We already talked about our bourbon counties. Um, I think that other than that, um, the Hill Farmstead Edward I've been drinking. I got that in a four pack uh, along with the barrel aged maple syrup from Hill Farmstead. And that was a kind of their iteration of a sort of like Pliny like beer. They got their hops from Russian River selected for that beer specifically. So it tastes like a main dinner it tastes like uh Pliny the Elder so is that how they always do it or is that just recent batches of Edward it must be just this year's potentially um but that's great it's a it's a crushable drinker all right so I've got dovetail Hellas Lager as a kind of a little palate cleanser and, uh, it's readily available at our stores now which is just wonderful and it's always good to have have those in my fridge. Um, that might be a good jumping off point because just as Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine named that one of their favorite beers, I'm going to put that in my top three. Dovetail Hellas in my top three, or at least that and like a Slow Pour Pills. And I probably might give it to Dovetail Hellas only because our availability to that is exceptional. It is fantastic, phenomenal, and... Anytime you need to write yourself in terms of what is a good beer flavored beer tastes like, that's what I go to. Yep. Have you ever made it up there, Captain? Top three overall or top three of this year or top three this year? Easier to get for your fridge? Well, I would say, like, for me, one of my top three favorite beers of drinking this year probably was that or a slow pour pills, like a fantastic, amazing lager. Yeah. The year of the lager. The year, the year of the lager. And I was just looking at a bunch of pictures, Ryan, but it was still this year in February that we got our bunch of Live Oak stuff and we did that recording down at Slowhand. And we had... Because I, I did the uh, race in, uh, before COVID hit and I shipped home <laughs> like a case and a half of Live Oak. <laughs> Very fortuitous. Very fortuitous. That's right. So that kind of probably kicked things off. Um, who is going to go next? We just doing one at a time. Sure. Well, I was thinking, you know, just from the overall 2020 standpoint, that, you know, for as crappy as it's been for all of us quarantined, not able to get together often and whatnot, um, the availability of a lot of breweries beer has actually opened up a lot because they needed to sell more packaged beverages to get out to the consumers. Um, so when you think about like side project, you could get um, like a coffee shop vibes that I, you know, you normally have to get there in person. You could order it online and have someone pick it up for you. Um, so they had a lot of nice offerings or really the big one that comes to mind is uh, your stop lager house in Denver where never package any of their stuff. And uh, unfortunately I can't get out to Denver very often. So I've never had a chance to try their stuff. Um, COVID hits, they can't have people inside. And so they start canning everything. And uh, we've had, you know, 
pretty easy to get shipments a couple times this year um, for a lot of us. And uh, their stuff, you know, like you said, Evan, Slowpore Pills is, is one of the best beers of the year for me. And um, it's just been great being able to get their stuff. And, you know, just this past weekend, random guy post online says, hey, I'm going to beer spot today. Who wants to buy a case and tip them? And uh, I'll ship it to you. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I was laying in bed and happened to see that post and was able to get one shipped. It arrives tomorrow. And uh, so it's just kind of stuff like that's been made it a little bit fun. Um, you got places like Modern Times doing crawlers of a lot of their rare stuff that normally would be draft only. Um, things like that just made it a little bit more fun from a beer standpoint. But obviously everything else going on is, is pretty unfortunate and whatnot. But at least being able to try new stuff that's normally draft only or on-site only and stuff, it's been good. So, but I guess what I was going to start with, um, we just had it a couple weeks ago, was BBT Rye 2020 has got to be in my top three for the year. Um, so I apologize. I know that uh, you three weren't there, so I'm not trying to rub it in. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Had it with, uh, split it just about three and a half, four ways um, socially distance, and it was Full pine glasses. very big pours. Uh, you know, always where you – no one wants to take too big of a pour, so there's always like eight ounces left in the bottle, and as we go through another beer or two, someone goes back and is like, hey, look at all this left in Rye BBT, and <laughs> feel a little bit better giving yourself another generous pour. So, um, but yeah, so that one was just wonderful. The hype is real, and they do such a good job with the BBT series. I don't think anyone here is surprised with that one. And um, changing up, doing a Rye Barrel, uh, the spice from that came through very nicely, and I'd like to have it up to uh, the side of uh, another regular BBT and Bourbon Barrels, just kind of taste the differences but it's pretty bomb um and and we i will say ryan it it's so lucky that we were able to get some of that beer stat uh lager because we were you know you're in a position where that's basically only uh draft or only we were hoping to get out to denver for the weldworks invitational and then our first plan was like get off the plane head over to Bierstad and have a slow pour pills in a Hellas. Didn't happen, but you know, at least we were all able to still try some in this year. Sure. All right, Brad, why don't you give us like kind of your three honorable mention or whatever. We'll work our way forward. Yeah. So, you know, I really, when I was in quarantine, I popped the wine and cheese place derivation and drank it all by myself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would do that to you, gentlemen. <laughs> I think you made Ryan about. I, li I like the expressions. Uh, you're uh, serious, and I was just head over heels jealous. <laughs> no. I, I kind I'm of slightly angry. My my three were kind of a mixture of stuff I really liked, but also things that really got my mind sort of thinking, as well as just the situation I was in when I had it. So. Maybe not the wine and cheese place derivation sort of quality, but just for me, they're the ones that kind of stood out in my mind. So maybe the number three was uh, actually really recently, I was um, with a buddy that I'd seen in, I don't know, four or five years. And he just started getting into um, uh, sours. And he, he came over and um, on his way through, and I popped a blend number two side project Balaton, which I know is one of Kyle's favorites. Um, I just had one last week. 
was it this week last week yeah and so you know just for everybody it's you know missouri wild ale blended with michigan cherries this was brewed in late 16 racked in missouri oak odor and left to rest for 12 months then moved to french oak red wine barrels um with 2017 harvested balloton cherries from king orchard in michigan and then they were aged or allowed to age and ferment until july of 18 so it's been quite a quite a while i popped that thing and it was just soup it was just gorgeous um so it was tart thick but also really crisp on the finish and he just i blew his mind so from a like an event perspective and just how how nice that that drank that was that's kind of my my third one or their third place one for the year what was the tartness level on a scale of one to ten for that one eight and a half Okay. Pushing nine. It was it was thick too, so it wasn't like that acidity tartness. I mean, it was just a coat your tongue. Made your gums kind of pop a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the good news is I have I have one left. So nice. I'll let it be for another little while. I think I've only had that one once, and it's been a while. It's probably been maybe when that batch came out fresh, or maybe even before then. But I just remember it tasting like a crumbly cherry pie. I mean, it was yeah. so good. Um, so well balanced and it, yeah, it was one of my favorite fruited side projects I've had. I've had a number of them and it, it's definitely changed over the last, you know, two, two and a half years from, you know, when it was fresh. Yeah. Instead of it being that like 10 level side project tartness, it's like at an eight and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's still some the, enamel left on your teeth when you're done drinking Yeah, it. strip the enamel off your teeth kind of tartness. But that's what it we was, love about it. Was, it was stuck to the, the top of the, the bottle cap. And it was like just, it, it was just dripping down. Like it was, it wasn't like actually releasing from the cap. It was just sort of dripping down. It was <laughs> gorgeous. Kyle, why don't you roll in your, um, at least your third place finish? Um... Well, you and Ryan kind of stole my top one with the beer stod, so I won't uh, beat that course anymore. Um, so I'll probably just go with the share we had at your house, and just a uh, I'll. That's pretty much all my top beers are in there. Outside of beer stods, we had that uh, that watermelon one. The uh, homes, homes, that homes, homes watermelon yeah. and vanilla watermelon. And, yeah. Watermelon vanilla. That, that was great. That uniquely was so good. Phenomenal. Uh, there was the veil. What do they even call that? Like just like a spontaneously ferment ale or something like that? I don't think they called it a saison or, or sour or anything like that. Oh, so good. I don't remember, but I was not expecting that. That was yeah. phenomenal. The uh, Was it the veil fifth anniversary? The velvet one? We had the, <laughs> yeah. the velvet one of the best packaged the beers that, the, that was that the first one, right? The first one or two? Yeah, with a All velvet right, so, label yeah. and a velvet handkerchief and a velvet box. Like yeah. coffin-like box? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I don't want to, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that Holmes, I just looked it up, it's called Composition 6, uh, watermelon vanilla, a series of mixed culture sours, fermented select oak barrels, blended and balanced. Um, it was blended... In, and fermented in oak punchins, re-fermented with watermelon, vanilla bean, and a bottle conditioned with champagne yeast. Oh, that's right, yeah. That's right. 
So yeah, Kyle, back on the yeah, back on the veil. So, yeah, you want to pull the description on that one? I don't know anything other than um, triple oh velvet. Uh, I think it was only beer with a label made out of velvet. <laughs> right. Cash. That was like a double barrel fifth year anniversary. Uh, it was, yeah, because it was. Stout. Uh, it's called Sleeping Forever. Was it Double Barrel Sleeping Forever? Here you go. It was, was it the Grand Crew? Yeah. Yes. I think it was the Grand Crew. Sleeping Forever Grand Crew. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Three, three different, one, one, two, and three year blends of bourbon barrel aged, bourbon barrel aged stout. 13%. Buffalo, did, did you say Buffalo Trace? Uh, bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel aged Buffalo Trace. Oh, that's right. That was just a, uh, a non-adjunct. Correct. Correct. That's yeah. That's why I loved it so much. I saved that bottle, uh, the handkerchief, and the very uh, intricate box that it came in as well. And then so the last one out of that chair, and these aren't in any particular order, would be the uh, the loop pep that, that we had. What year was that? Uh, 2008 Creek. Yep. Eight. Yep. Oh my gosh, that was, that was on my list too. So fabulous. Yeah. Brad, were you there for that one too? That's one where it's like the experience yeah, part of it makes it. What was that Brad? Oh yeah. That was one that the cork was just crazy, right? It was just disgusting on one side and yeah, <laughs> aromatic yep. on the other, and yeah, it was it was awesome. That's like the experience I'll remember with with that one was. Evan, with your father-in-law and, and your father there, um, you know, just having them take a sip of it and under, you know, not really understanding how a nine-year-old cherry-flavored beer could still taste like cherries and they're smelling the cork and, you know, just kind of seeing them pretty fascinated by the whole thing, even though I don't really think they love the liquid, uh, <laughs> you know, letting other people explore that kind of territory. I, I just find that super fascinating and fun and that's that's one of those experience types you know you'll never forget uh, and the beer was just phenomenal to go you know cherry on top and that, was, that was the start of evan's headache for the next day could, could yeah could very well have been um uh the the cuvee at the end of the night probably had something to do with it um cuvee was quite good. Yeah. So, but it Brad was all awesome. an announcement that day. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember I was like, "Oh, we should probably do this outside." It was so stinking hot. It was so stinking hot. That's there was sticky. no way. Yeah, we. There's no way we would have survived outside. Well, that yeah, that was uh, definitely one of mine actually. Um, Ryan, you're going to appreciate this one, but this might be might be number one, but at least number two um, was the Pliny the Younger. Oh yeah, and I would only say that it's not like it was a. I I, I don't know. I mean, it was just it, the 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 fact that this again was one of those times where it's the first time. Now this was pre-COVID, but 
the first time that they've ever packaged that beer and at least it was available um, through through selling your firstborn child kind of you know ways but you know we were able to get one and it kind of delivered my expectations at least uh, yeah, it was wonderful sure. one of my favorite beer experiences just because of the excitement I personally had about getting it because uh, you've always heard about that I mean I've heard about that longer than I've heard about BBT longer than derivation longer than things like that it's like oh yeah Planet of the Younger is the one you travel to Russian River for and you wait in line for a four ounce pour kind of thing but having a having that bottle and everything was pretty special they're not still doing that are they that was a one yeah. one and done nope they're doing it again oh really oh, i think definitely do it again one now. and done but due to covid um they're doing it again i yep. know yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was so good and yeah the experience part of it and it's like you know i got into craft beer at i don't know 2011 12 ish but i you know, started really getting into it probably 2013. And that was just one of those white whales. It was like, man, if I can be lucky enough to try Pliny the Elder, I'll be lucky, you know, uh, but younger is just going to be impossible just based on travel and, and different things trying to do to make all that work together. And, you know, there's people that fly out there and wait in line and don't get in. <laughs> so it was just kind of one of those white whales. It was just like, it's been on my radar for seven years and I've always wanted to try it. It was, um, you know, no letdown whatsoever. Yeah, I think I was, that was one of those days where I literally woke up that day and I was like, I get to have my younger tonight. And you just thought about it and you got so excited all day long, you know, to have it. And you knew it was just, the experience was just, I mean, I'd never been that excited to crack a beer. Yeah. And I think that was part of why I enjoyed it so much. I'm impressed. I'm impressed you waited so long. <laughs> well, I did have Roll to work. Out of bed and crack it. I, I think it probably it was probably a work night. I had it too. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to stick to new beers for for my top three. You know, twenty twenty made beers, so um, I was hoping to maybe I'd be a little bit different than you guys because I figured the O eight Creek uh, BBT two we had at, at Evans that day too. That was yeah BBT two a little bit the obligatory BBT two um, for one of our shares. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a favorite so, beer unless there's a bbt on it <laughs> so um so i i just tried to keep my list of beers that were new in 2020 and so um the next one i had was uh starry noche ah uh, yep all of us had it um we had an outdoor share in may or june um evan and i were lucky enough to get two sets of this noche series when you know, Noche, we always talk about how it's way under hyped and it, it goes for fairly close to face value and blah, blah, blah. And so <laughs> I, I have too many media Noches because of that. Um, but this was part of it. And, uh, you know, basically once these bottles were shipped in transit, the Starry Noches hype just went through the roof and um, still is super high and whatnot. But we had it together and I think everyone was pretty blown away by the thickness, the just the massive amount of hazelnut in there while still pulling mm -hmm. the really good flavors of the stout and the barrel and everything else. Um, so that was a, uh, clicked the wrong thing here, but, uh, don't forget the massive 6%. What's that? Don't forget the massive amount of floaties. Floaties. So coconut chips and flakes, um, with toasted hazelnut. And it was, um, a blend of 18 to 22 month barrel aged stout. 
under those uh, adjuncts at 15.6% ABV. Um, they knocked it out of the park with that one. 15.6? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was like one of our first COVID shares. Um, and uh, <laughs> I remember we had multiple bottles of uh, sanitizer on the sides of the uh, pill shot at the end. And that was a fun one and a new one that the Weldworks did. And they just continue to take steps forward and, and knock it out of the park. Um, I had their double barrel recently that was just phenomenal. Um, they've got that old Fitz Media Noche. I think it's old Fitz 15 barrels that they used. I mean, they're just doing some really cool stuff right now. So um, hats off for, for that one. That one's a new 2020 made beer. And then the other one I had was uh, Unoya series that phase three is doing out of uh, the Chicago area. Uh, Sean Burns, who uh, came from More Brewing and, and started his own thing with phase three. He's got this barrel aid series that really just kicked off this year and actually not that long ago because he had to get stuff in, in barrels and let it, let it get time added to it. Right. And so, um, batch two had coconut and Saigon cinnamon, um, 14.5% and uh, bourbon barrel aged stout. Um, so, you know, brand new release. Um, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. He's already dialed in, um, you know, probably a year, year and a half or so into that business. And, um, that was a really, really good one. So those are my top three for kind of newly made beers, um, of 2020. Yeah. The other one I was going to give a shout out to was another very early COVID share, probably before we really knew if, uh, we were going to survive this year or not was that Poetica growler from Hill Farmstead. And we, we drank it in my driveway. We sat it in the middle of the driveway and kind of wore gloves and poured it. And we were probably 12 feet apart instead of six, uh, trying to figure out what to do. But I just, this three liter growler shipped to me. I was like, all right, I'm not going to drink this thing alone. It was a pretty dang good beer too. I remember that. That was, um, that was when we were, I think we were afraid that if we even looked at each other, we might get it kind of thing. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, that, um, yeah, that starry noche was on my list too, uh, in terms of a beer. And that was lucky. We got those, that anniversary pack because they had made the anniversary pack available to purchase online and we had somebody that could ship them to us. So we got two of them and they had four awesome. beers for media no chase. I still think I have the the Mexican achromatic or the Yep. Yeah, that Mexican one's still achromatic. in the fridge. Yep. I think. So yeah. Was the Brewers the Brewers Select was in there. That was that vanilla one that was pretty dang good. That was a good thing for um, being able just to get it online face value and have a price. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, that was amazing to have that many I think it's what was like a hundred bucks? Yeah, I mean, yeah. something like that for all, four, all all four of those for for four bottles, and then just give them a FedEx label. I think we got all eight shipped together. Yeah, it was a big box. Um, I also continue to put like double dry hop ghost in the machine on uh, on my list as kind of like another honorable mention because as many monkish beers that IPAs that you have, I mean, which are all very consistent. That one, Ghost in the Machine, Double Dry Hop Ghost in the Machine, still seems to have this little 
I don't know. There's just something a little extra special about it. It has a good dryness to it. It's not super sweet. It's, um, it's just perfectly done. Uh, probably still cause they're on such a smaller scale with that. I suspect that they're able to have a lot more control over it. Uh, and it's still just, Oh, it's so good. It's so good in terms of a hazy IPA. Um, and not to say that Monkish is like really ramped up there because I don't think they've really changed much in terms of their output. Uh, I don't know if they've moved to bigger systems or anything, but I don't think they're pumping out more um, than they usually do. It's just now slightly easier to get because, you know, people aren't showing up to drink in the tap room and such. Yeah, I think it's the same same volume, but it's all packaged. Not They're not saving any for growlers and for drafts. Yep. What's the new Ghost in the Machine coming out? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Yeah. Already on it. <laughs> As Kyle would say, ISO. <laughs> ISO. <laughs> um, anything else? I mean, I will personally say that having you all over for my birthday and having drank what we drank on my birthday was pretty phenomenal and pretty special. Um, obviously that wasn't the exact plan I had, although I'm sure we would have popped a lot of great beers regardless. Um, it was a little bit more of a, you know, intimate affair, which was great and nice. Uh, so I appreciate that being such a fun experience in a day of this year specifically. Yeah. On that note, on that day, Oh, sorry. Kyle, go ahead. I was just going to give the honorable mention to the uh, key ring that day. Flow hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Can't, can't pass or can't forget about that. Way to call that out, Kyle. That's, that's needed. Yeah. I think that I was happy eating those leftovers for at least a week. <laughs> and my wife would continue to say, you know, this mac and cheese has been around for, I was like, I don't care. Don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, don't, I, I want to eat it as long as it's not green. And walking out of the fridge, I'm going to eat it. I got about three pounds of meat last week. Three or four veggies and sides and whatnot. And so I go and pick up this big, huge bag. And they're like, boy, we don't see many orders this size this year because of COVID. And I said, don't worry. I'm not doing a super spreader event. <laughs> Me and three little kids and my wife for the next four days. So uh, we're just going to get for leftovers for the weekend and uh, it'll be all good. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was a wonderful, a wonderful part of that, that day too. Now let's go with two, two quick honorable mentions. One, uh, I had an impromptu 40th birthday party, uh, you know, this year. So thanks for Ryan and Kyle and, and Zach and another buddy of ours, Jake, for on the fly showing up. Um, before everything went to, went to hell, we propped a couple pretty good ones. BBT, uh, finished, uh, or killed my WLW. So a good time. <laughs> Thanks for coming over and, uh, enjoying that with me. The other one that I, that I thought just as an honorable mention was the, um, the black is beautiful by shared. Um, you know, it's just interesting. I was wondering the recipe consisted of 50% rye, uh, whiskey barrel aged stout. I don't know if that was BBT rye or somehow you know with that base beer but 50 percent rye and then um shared vibes based out 50 percent finished with mexican uh vanilla beans so i just lucked out at 9 p.m it came through 
on Instagram. I just kind of went in and tried to buy it and I got a four pack. Um, wow. and it sold out like that Same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's just extraordinary what they can do in such a short amount of time because they really only had what four weeks or so when that edict came out. Um, I think it was, was it weathered? Weathered Brewing, maybe in Texas. Weathered that. Souls. Weathered Souls. Weathered Souls. Weathered Souls. San Antonio, I think. San Antonio. Yeah. They just came out. And they Marcus. Uh, his name is Marcus Baskerville. Okay. Is the, is the head brewer who came up with that idea? But it was it was a fantastic beer. Sad they're gone. Uh, best stout I've ever had out of a can. Uh, so that was just one where I'm just it blows my mind how how these guys can either have the inventory or just the intellect to go and say. I'm just going to throw this together and it's going to be phenomenal. You know, if anybody yeah. can do it, Corey can. And, and I think I've had three of three different of those, um, black is beautiful ones. And that shared one that we had at your house, Brad, light years ahead of yeah. that I had. I mean, it was, I think we had the perennial one at some point too. Yeah. The, the perennial one's good. It's just not. That shared one was just flat. incredible. I mean, Side project I mean, really It's like dipping into the roller. What'd you take out? I said shared and side project kind of cheat with theirs because of the inventory oh, yeah. they have. It's just it's not fair. It's like going into this Rolodex of you know barrel aged beers. Like, what are we gonna blend today, guys? <laughs> yeah. But they got WLW barrels aging uh, OWK oh, right now. Lordy. <laughs> Hello, $2,000 beer. Oh, <laughs> He's going to have some just silly releases over the next two years with the barrels that he's got. I don't even want to see yeah. what's going to come out of those. Um, any any um, idea that what you guys would give like – best brewery of the year or maybe not best brewery of the year, but like breakout brew of the year in terms of 2020 uh, in a year that, you know, obviously was never what anyone expected, what anyone had anticipated. But I think in what I would think about this and how I do is who did the best at kind of pivoting and changing their plan kind of almost effortlessly in terms of how they needed to change to, survive to thrive to adapt to new environments so i have two based on that definition though the breakout brewery i would say is probably dovetail because i've i've i think we sarah and i went there four years ago maybe tiny little brewery it's fantastic and i, I would have never thought we would be getting their beers down here so I think they've done a really good job ramping up to the point where they can um, distribute this far and, and maintain quality. But in terms of someone pivoting, I would say Fearstock, who went from draft only to the complete opposite of that, again, without really skipping a beat. Yeah, it's, it's pretty longer. cool what they did, and boy, the hype exploded for them um it was cool to see you know kind of as that evolved um, good decision for them to just i mean they had to act quickly and make that happen oh, yeah. they were pumping out cans pretty soon after things got shut down and so when you think about other places that 
kind of teetered on how to act and what to do and should they crawl or should they can or should they do online sales and whatnot. Next thing you know, it's July, August, and they really hadn't done anything yet. I mean, they were doing it quickly, and um, I, I assume that they've just killed it. Um, you know, maybe they're not making quite as much just from tips and craft is still obviously a little bit cheaper because you have to buy the cans and stuff for it. But boy, they're on the map for people all over the country now that in a way that they I don't think they were before. You know, absolutely. And raffle groups and things like that. I mean, someone posts a four pack from them and it's uh, it's sought after very quickly. And uh, I just don't think that would have been the case um, a year ago. And I got to think that that was a really tough decision in terms of controlling the product for them because they were all about controlling the product in terms of pouring that slow pour pills. You know, they had like, I mean, they literally had a regimen where they said, order a slow pour pills and a Hellas at the same time yeah. because you're going to finish your Hellas before your slow pour pills is ready. And then they had to go to, well, now we're going to can them all. And because that's what we got to do to survive. And I'm glad they did because if I, if, if any lager brewery other than like Dovetail, I want to survive, that's the one I want. Is it, aside from letting an IPA sit too long, is there a more delicate beer to put out into the wild and say, well, gosh, wherever this ends up, I hope it's as good as it was when I had that 60 minute pour, you know, in my brew house. It, it seems like that, that beer is just so delicate that, you know, they're, they're, they're risking it, risking in a good way, some of the brand quality by, by letting it distribute. It just seems like it's pretty delicate. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's totally it's agree. Totally agree. Of, you know, curves to do that. Yeah. It's, you know, they can't just like crowler it and expect to send it out and be the same. I'm sure that, and hopefully, you know, the level that some of these breweries do it, looking at, you know, DO dissolve oxygen when they can, or they bottle things and, making sure that the quality is good, especially if it sits on the shelf. And I think that at least they probably control it in some way in terms of you got to still come to the brewery to pick it up. But I suppose from there forward, it's just up to. So I'm saying most of that is just UPS, FedEx. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's there yeah. when it can. And these days, if y'all haven't got everything ordered for Christmas and getting ready to ship, I'd start now. Yeah. <laughs> this is your last weekend to even get it, give it, thought of because um, those those um, wonderful FedEx and UPS and USPS workers are going to be damn busy for the rest of the holiday season. Uh, FedEx today dropped off packages in a Penske truck. Yeah, we've seen all sorts of trucks come by. I think we had a <laughs> U-Haul um, a couple days ago. <laughs> like, why is the guy getting out of a U-Haul coming up to our house? Like, she was kind of worried. I said, I bet it's one of these contracted uh ups fedex guy yeah yeah it was um i'm not paying yeah, for that excited freight i think modern times is one that i would have to say i don't know if that's you know they were on the radar pretty heavy beer spots probably the one that i'd said you know really exploded because of this or with what they did but i just think um you know it's probably a california thing that they did because they were so locked down because bottle did it too where they just said all these rare beers that we normally have on draft or on-site only type stuff, we're just going to crawl them, sell them to go, and then hopefully demand from trades and people shipping them across the U.S. and stuff will keep the demand up. And so you've got modern times that just has some monsters out there, Coconut S'mores, Monsters Park, um, Modem Tones, 
uh, Monster Tones, all these just incredible beers that normally they save a lot for draft so that if you go to Modern Times, you're going to get an awesome barrel-aged stout on draft. They just start crowlering those. Um, and everything that I've heard, I haven't had one myself. I do have one in route right now. Um, but uh, everything I've heard is that they last several months. They're doing a really good job with the crowling process. And uh, they've also upped their scale in, in volume. And I just think they're killing it. Um, they're, I don't know where their actual base, where they brew out of primarily. I assume it's still San Diego, but they've got places all up the West Coast. Um, Anaheim, uh, LA, I think they've got a place in San Francisco area. I think they've got a place in Portland. I was going to say, don't they have a place in Oregon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they've got five or six up the West Coast. Um, I just think they're just blowing it out of the park with the, the way they've been able to keep up quality um, and quantity at the same time. And, and they took a nice shift with all the COVID stuff and everything and made their beers available. I think they probably, you know, done a good job keeping the doors open, hopefully not hurting too bad. And we already talked about Side Project because I think they did a good job with their online process as well. And getting rare beers to the world um, instead of just on-site stuff. Uh, yeah, they I mean, can. They sell out immediately, but there's not much you can do there. <laughs> 12 seconds one time. 12 seconds I was too late <laughs> for barrel-aged coffee shop vibes. I was like, how is this possible? <laughs> well, I don't want to call out any other breweries that, you know, didn't shift, but there's plenty that have kind of been on the radar for a while that I don't think they changed a whole lot. And I have to assume they're probably hurting a little bit more. Yeah. Kudos to the ones that, that evolved quickly with the times and, you know, hopefully they're, they're better off for the next 10 years because of it. And I think locally, you know, Bearded Al did a pretty good job of shifting. Yeah, they did. Um, I think when I talked to Nick early on, he said that they had already planned on, you know, moving to that online ordering thing. So at least you can have like a, uh, to go order to come in and pick up. And so they were able to implement it uh, as quickly as they could have. And you know, they're still putting out good product. That recognition that they had out, that was the um, sour with pineapple and uh, raspberries was actually one of my favorites of theirs, I think, for this year. Uh, it, it, it really reminded me of some of those good sours that you usually get uh, from like Jester King. Uh, some good, good flavors all around. So um, going to continue to support them as much as possible here in the local area. So yeah. once we, once we come out of this, that they're better off. Suarez in New York and uh, Treehouse in, um, drawn a blank on the city, but, uh, west of Boston, Massachusetts, they've done a really nice job with, um, just allowing proxy picks ups and pickups and different things to kind of offset what used to be draft, um, adding to the canning process and, making sure they keep selling out and get, get product to a lot of customers. Really, we just need to relax the, uh, the beer shipping laws and everything will be fine. It's kind of pointless. I thought right that was going to happen about two years ago, and it really didn't, but it will. We know it will. Well, I, I just got uh, a text message from my buddy. I've been tracking. Have you guys ever heard of Heavy Rift Brewing in St. Louis? I'm not. They've got this Deer Agony Stout. It's a really nice base stout that they that they sell. Um, so the Wine and Cheese Place has a you know two Knob Creek 15 single barrel picks. 
um, but they're going to age the deer agony stout in. Um, and because we buy so much from the wine and cheese place, we've got, um, we're on the list for two of each of the Knob Creek barrels. So that'd be fun. There's oh, a, a different local, local brewery that's really just kind of dog town specific in St. Louis. That's, you know, expanding wine and cheese place distribution, that type of name recognition, Knob Creek, you know, 15 year kind of, you know, barrel aged, you know, stouts. So maybe just another example of, I don't know if it's COVID related, but a, a smaller brewery kind of branching out and taking advantage of sort of the local name recognition. So can't wait to get those. Last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fake background. The hunting. Oh yeah, all that bourbon. So it, yeah, it's going to be a uh, it, it's going to be a b- good year for bourbon as well for all of us. I'm surprised we we could probably do a whole episode just on bourbon, and we probably should do a whole episode just on this bourbon. So um, we'll have to stay tuned for that. But I think that should kind of wrap up unless you guys have anything else to say about the year 2020 in beer exciting about Tavor for at least a minute right Tavor kind of changed the game a little bit yeah if you were early in on that especially I haven't used them yet um, but I see Mark's pictures all the time I see them on social media and stuff and it seems like they've just got a really good setup to get beer from all across the country to all across the country, which is uh, great for all beer consumers. So you see that Frem out of Portland on there all the time. You see, um, uh, uh, he, he gets a lot of what's the, the North maker in or North Carolina that, that, that makes it sequential. Yeah. Heist out of Charlotte. Heist. Heist. Um, thank you. Something maker. Not Moonmaker, Moonraker, Moonmaker, something. Moonraker. Like the Was like it? the James Bond film, Moonraker. Out of uh east of San Francisco. Uh, just some really Sacramento, places. isn't it? Like Sacramento, Sacramento, maybe it's Sacramento area. Um, really great places on there that are, are getting awesome beers all around the country to people. And I don't know, it just seems like a great business model. It's good that that was uh brought to all of us and just another way to get really good beer to people all out there. Exactly. Gentlemen, um, it's been a pleasure. Wish we could hang out a little bit more often in person, but we'll just kind of have to stick to small gatherings and Zooms for now. But although we did not have a lot of luck tonight in the bourbon raffle, we'll look for a little bit more luck next weekend or I should say next week. And hopefully we'll, do a little podcasting about bourbon after we won a few. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.